Hello, thanks for tuning in to MASH Matters. Do you hear my voice? Do you notice how nice the audio quality is? Well, enjoy it while it lasts, because we had some technical issues in this episode. Uh, This time, it was my microphone that decided it didn't want to join the fun, and uh, we didn't discover this issue until after the episode was recorded. So, I apologize in advance for my microphone's lack of participation and the audio quality of my recording. Jeff, on the other hand, sounds fantastic, as always, so I guarantee that you will enjoy listening to at least 50% of this episode. Anyway, we hope the audio issue isn't too much of a distraction. And now, on with the show. Attention all personnel, incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. It's MASH Matters, podcast celebrating the greatest television show of all time, hosted by a guy who loves it and a guy who was on it. I'm Ryan Patrick, and this is Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Hi, Ryan Patrick, and I was on it, and you were not. No. But you should have been. If, if, it, if it was now, you would be on the show, and I would see to it that you were on the show, because you could do a great part. It would be great. You should be on the show. I'm telling you. I'll have my people call your people. Please do. You know, Jeff, I'm a little concerned about this episode, to be honest, because we had such a uh, positive outpouring of comments and love for our last episode in which we had absolutely nothing planned. (laughs) Now I'm concerned, you know, now we come into an episode fully planned. Yeah. I'm I'm afraid we may have set the bar too high with our uh, ability to not plan it. It's never a mistake to be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You can go anywhere from there. So if you say, hey, we're stupid. We don't know what we're talking about, what we're doing. What Anything after that would be good. So It's never a mistake to be stupid. I need no. a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> 1995 <laughs> at Mash Matter. No, we do have a lot of stuff planned here just because if we do not answer some of these questions and read some of these comments, we are going to be so backed up. And Jeff, I don't know about you, but I do not enjoy being backed up. <laughs> I've been backed up since March. So yeah. Yeah. So before we jump into some comments and questions, I wanted to just touch again on uh, the passing of Richard Lee Song because mm-hmm. that really did have a big impact on MASH fans. Just a, an outpouring of love and everybody sharing their favorite moments when he was on the show and some of their favorite lines uh, because he was beloved by MASH fans. Yes. Veteran character actor. He, he was on 11 episodes of MASH. He was one of the many Kim Lux. He was the guy pushing real estate on Colonel Potter during the bug out. He was one of the two guys running a craps game in the back of Rosie's bar. He's the guy who repairs Charles French horn. He's the guy carving Colonel Potter's bust and, and trying to sell BJ and Hawkeye Hitler's pencil box. I mean, he had so many memorable lines and scenes. But what I didn't know about Richard Lee Sung is his background in the military. He actually did serve in the Korean War. He was one of 30,000 UN troops who were then attacked by 120,000 Chinese troops in the Battle of Chosin Reservoir. And this is a battle that was 17 days long, brutally cold, freezing weather. This happened November 27th to December 13th of 1950. So we're just a few days after the 71st anniversary of that battle. And the men who fought in this battle were known as the Chosen Few. I had no idea that he, not only did he serve in the war, but that he served in one of the most brutal battles in the Korean War. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to come out of that and to go into entertainment, uh, started entertainment career as a comic. This led to guest roles 
on many TV shows, not just MASH, but he was on Kung Fu and Happy Days and Starsky and Hutch and Fantasy Island and Quincy. And he also made guest appearances on both After MASH and Trapper John MD. So I'm wondering, Jeff, is Richard Lee Sung perhaps the only actor to have appeared in all three of the MASH-related shows? Interesting. He may very well have been. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's quite a guy. I, you know, I didn't know he was, he started out as a stand-up comic either. It was, it had been interesting to see him do that. Yeah. Yeah, he was a very charming, fun guy. And uh, uh, we have a, a statement from his son, Russell Lee Sung. He says, on August 16th, 2021, Richard Curley Lee Sung, our beloved father, grandfather, great-grandfather, passed away at the age of 91 years old. Boy, 91. Mm -mm -mm. He leaves behind a legacy of family, friends, and people he influenced throughout his lifetime with his good-natured humor, spirited laugh and smile, and a positive approach to everything in life. That's probably what helped him get the 91, I bet. Amen, yeah. Uh, he was very proud to be an actor on stage and screen with a career that spanned almost 50 years, including several episodes on M.A.S.H., these roles were some of his best memories as an actor working with an amazing cast, crew, and director, Alan Alda, uh, for whom he had the highest respect. Richard loved our country and had a great pride in serving as a U.S. Marine and to have been part of the chosen few in the Korean War. He will be missed for his love and kindness to all people, regardless of differences, and making everyone laugh, smile, and feel valued. We will miss him dearly, but know he is making heaven a whole lot more fun while his characters on film and TV, as well as his positive impact on family and friends, will carry on forever. Very nice. That's, yeah. that's wonderful, Russell. We also have a statement from Mark O'Neill, who was one of the co-authors of TV's MASH, The Ultimate Guidebook. He said, In the early 2000s, I began posting on an online forum for TV's MASH. Soon I found out that Larry Gelbart, creator of the show, posted there. It was huge to me. After some time, I posted that there was so much information about the show on the forum, but not in previous books, that I suggested someone do another book. Next thing I knew, Ed Solomonson and I were doing just that. One thing we wanted to do was try to get input from as many MASH alumni as possible. And right at the top of my list was a longtime favorite of mine, Richard Lee Sung. However it happened, we located Richard and I wrote to him. Soon after, I got a phone call from the man himself. I was in disbelief. He was friendly, polite, and had a hysterical sense of humor. My parents' health was declining at the time, and I was a mess. Mom, in particular, had enjoyed Richard Lee on MASH. She loved how he delivered a line, then flashed that big grin of his. Curly, as he liked to be called, instantly became a dedicated, steadfast, and true friend from that first phone call on. At a time when my life and many old friends had drifted, Curly would call regularly to check up on me, my wife, and son. This kindness never ceased to amaze me, and this talented, kind man was so honored that we included him in our book that he came across country to visit me and my family, and then Ed's. That still blows my mind. Curly didn't know just how well-loved he was by MASH fans until I printed out some of the comments from fans and mailed them to him. For over 15 years, and right up until shortly before his passing, Curly would talk about staying positive no matter what, how the good Lord had taken care of him and would take care of us, how he had learned many lessons in his life, and all of it was peppered with his great sense of humor. In fact, when I called Curly, many times I would begin by saying, yes, I'm trying to reach a Hollywood sex symbol, and Curly would always reply with some version of, you found him, and I'm getting sexier by the minute. 
Other times, he and I might discuss our eating habits. Curly never referred to himself as a pound or two. He would just say he was getting fluffier. (laughs) That was Curly, as fluffy and lovable as you can imagine. I will miss his humor, his positive outlook, and him checking up on us greatly. He was as true a friend as you can get, who talked about and loved his family, and who is a strong advocate for Asian actors and actresses. I know he's watching out for all of us. God bless Curly and his family. Thank you to Mark O'Neill for that very touching statement. Very, very nice. What a wonderful comment on a human being who has wonderful things to do and say for humanity and himself. And frankly, he didn't mention me, however. I don't know (laughs) the problem there. That's all right. That's it. We're done talking about him then. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so hey, we have some other comments from Michael. Hello again, guys. I can't help but notice the MASH family has taken a hard hit in the past few months. There have been a few notable characters we have unfortunately lost. I'm sure it goes without saying, but they are all missed. If there was ever a time to do a in-memory-of episode, it might be soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've lost quite a few members of the MASH family. And, you know, if anybody who is associated with MASH in any way is part of the MASH family. Yeah. Whether it's Richard Lee Sung on 11 episodes or it's somebody who had one appearance with no lines whatsoever. If you were on the show, you were part of the family. So here's just a li- And I, I don't know if everybody, I hope I got everybody on this list, but this is a list of MASH family members that we've lost in 2021. Of course, Richard Lee Sung, we just talked about. Val Basoglio, who played Sergeant Pernelli on several episodes. Robert Hogan, who was Smiling Jack in the episode Smiling Jack. Arlene Galanka, who was Lieutenant Edwina Ferguson in the episode Edwina. William Lucking, who was Sergeant Marty Urbanchik in uh, Sons and Bowlers. He was the ringer bowler that the other team brings in. Art LaFleur just passed away a few weeks ago. Uh, he was an MP in Father's Day. You had Basil Hoffman, who had two appearances, both in Adam's Ribs and Cave. Peter Palmer, he was Captain Toby Hill and an eye for tooth. Ned Beatty, also appearing as Colonel Maurice Hollister in Dear Peggy. I mentioned, you know, characters who didn't have lines. We had Nathan Young, who played the large man that comes when the Lady of the Evening whistles to threaten Charles in No Laughing Matter. (laughs) Mike Henry, who was uh, the second of the two Donald Penobscots. Bruce Kirby, who was Sergeant Kimball in Hey Doc. You got me by the institution tubes. And then there is a guy named Mark Elliott who was not on the show, but whose voice was connected to the show. And you might recognize his voice right here. Attention all personnel. The war is over. MASH is going home next. You call me a taxi, I'll be on my way. Share their touching goodbyes and their new beginnings. I'll never forget you. MASH, the end of an era. A two and a half hour special. I miss you. The laughs and tears, the final farewells next. That is all. So, yeah, he wasn't on the show, obviously, but that voice takes me back to my youth, Mark Elliott, legendary voiceover artist, who also we lost this year. So a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, yeah, I'm so sad, and I'm I'm starting to feel dizzy. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. Wait. No. No. I don't. Wanna... don't. You know, I of all these people, I did know Basil Hoffman. He was a good guy. We were friends, and we used to hang out at somebody else's house and play cards and act silly and 
say funny things. He was a nice guy. Became an acting teacher as well. Hmm. Yeah, sad. Uh, you know, what can you do? It's life. It know? is. And boy, oh boy. Time marches on. In yeah. fact, we are just a few weeks away from uh, 2022 and the 50th year for MASH. The premiere, September 17th, 1972. So this will be a big year for MASH and MASH fans. And in our last episode, we put the call out for people to send us their ideas of what we should do to commemorate the 50th. We've had quite a few great ideas come in. Uh, Some are doable. Some are not doable at all. (laughs) But uh, we welcome any more ideas you might have. So we'll we'll continue to put the call out there. If you have any ideas for how we should commemorate MASH's 50th anniversary, please let us know. You can email us. You can tweet us. You can send us a Facebook message, whatever you need to do. But just let us know. Yeah. And I think, you know, all those who are very enthusiastic about this idea, stopping the podcast is not one of them. So forget that. Yeah, that seems to be the number one comment we get. Commemorate the 50th anniversary. Stop doing this, please. (laughs) Several people continue to ask us to beg the Smithsonian to bring the MASH set back out for the 50th. And and we've already, I think we've already mentioned that we were in conversation for something and that kind of fell through. That did not happen. And there was a New York Times article that came out that might explain why they're having some issues with that. I had no idea. There's some pretty significant flooding around where they store a lot of the things for the museum. So I'll I'll put that uh, article from the New York Times in the show notes for this episode. But I'm wondering if that has an impact on some of the decisions they're making as far as what exhibits they are going to continue and what they can and cannot access and pull out of storage. And right now, it sounds like they're just trying to do everything they can to keep floodwaters from entering the storage facility and possibly affecting some of these uh, historic artifacts that they have in storage. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, if things go bad, uh, you and I could get like a U-Haul <laughs> and I can get a bunch of junk I stole from the set. <laughs> right. And we'll just drive around, knock on doors, set up like at a at a Chevron station and <laughs> let everybody know we're there from seven to nine. And who knows? It could be fun. Get Chevron on the phone. Get him on the line. Marty, get Chevron on the phone. Quick. I smell a sponsorship. <laughs> okay. So uh, just to let you know, too, uh, we are going to take a little bit of a break for the new year. We will not have a new episode coming out on January 1st, just so we can celebrate the holidays. But- Uh, Here's a big deal, Jeff. When we come back on January 15th, we are going to come back with the long-delayed, long-awaited Season 6 recap. I I didn't realize there was a Season 6, but that's okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm more than willing to look at it. We actually went through the entire year of 2021 without doing Season (laughs) 6. And uh, out of all the emails we get, I'd say that every three or four of them say, hey, when are you going to do the season six recap? Yeah. And uh, now, you know, we're going to do the season six recap when we come back. So what we need from you is uh, what are your favorite season six episodes? Let us know what's your favorite episode and why. And uh, also, Jeff, of all the recent messages that we've been getting in, several people have wanted to know, what did you think of Shoppers Casino? How did you feel? (laughs) What were your what was going through your mind as you watched? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I have to say I watched that and I had not seen that ever. Actually, oh, really? I'd never seen that, and I barely remember the show. 
I do know that we shot three episodes, but I, because I know I got three suits, so I know we had shot three episodes. I, quite frankly, the best thing about it was my hair. My <laughs> hair looked great. I mean, come on, folks. That was, that hair, you, you, that doesn't happen easily. You'd have to take a while. There's, there's shampoos, there's conditioners, there are hair dryers, there's combing, there's mirrors. Uh-huh. That doesn't happen overnight. So I love the hair and I love the suit. You know, it was a <laughs> it was a very confusing, silly show uh, that with prizes that no one would want, uh-huh. even to win True. for free. Yeah. No one would want it. I love the thing about there was uh, five hundred Coca Cola buttons or something. <laughs> yes. what they were uh, collectors' and pins. Yes, collectors' pins. There's never been a Coca Cola collectors' pin <laughs> ever. I don't think, but there were. 500 of them, and it only cost you $499. I think that show should be shown on Saturday Night Live. So I think what you're saying here is if somebody has not watched it yet, maybe they should just watch it on mute and just admire your suits and your hair. <laughs> and the hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Suits and the hair, yeah. But it, I have to say, it's it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. but it was was pretty ridiculous. I mean, it was, <laughs> however, they were really ahead of their time, and you know, this idea of selling products on television yeah. that had not been done. You know, there was commercials, but not never in the body of a show. So there was some, uh, you know, there was some good ideas in it. They just didn't know how to, you know, just clunky prizes. You know, if you'd had a, a Maserati, maybe people would have paid attention, but right. 500 Coca-Cola buttons, I don't think so. And Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> right. That was that was fun yeah. to see as well. And the Chuckaluck machine. Yeah. I mean, we all play Chuckaluck. <laughs> what the heck is a Chuckaluck? I don't know. So if you'd got nothing whatsoever to do, get popcorn, the whole family, watch it. It's a family show and just laugh and have it. Make it a holiday tradition. Exactly. <laughs> like Scrooge, you watch the Shoppers Casino, Right after Scrooge. I love that. Great idea. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, before we jump into our comments and questions, let's say hello to our Patreon VIPs, including Private Ewan Spence. And Corporal Susan Montgomery. Corporal Chad Perviance. Captain Lucas Lance. Captain Marilyn Hooker. And Major Mark Reed. Thank you to all of our VIPs. As of this recording, we have 84 folks who are sponsoring us on Patreon, and you can be our 85th. Just join today at mashmatters.com slash support, and you can support the show for as little as $3 a month and unlock some cool rewards. We have an interesting uh, note here from BJ. Imagine that. We have a a note from BJ, (laughs) and BJ says, hi, Jeff and Ryan. Thank you guys so much for a stellar podcast. I really like BJ. (laughs) Since your very first episode, I've given your shows all the lackadaisical attention of a Zapruder film. (laughs) Zapruder. Okay, you say Zapruder, I say Zapruder, (laughs) mainly because I said it wrong. But actually, you're right. It's a Zapruder film. And for those of you who don't know what a Zapruder film is, uh, it was the gentleman named Zapruder who shot film of President Kennedy being shot. Yes, so yes. That's a very famous piece of film that we've all seen for a million years. So I just said that just because I like to hear myself talk and to fill a little time. <laughs> yes, anyway, yes, I'm the dork who takes notes. On a couple of occasions, Jeff swore there was a fourth person to audition for the role of BJ, aside from Alan Fudge, 
James Cromwell, and Mike Farrell, but couldn't recall who it was. Today, I was combing through old posts on Alt-TV MASH page in the Google groups, like I do, and I found this post from Jeff from March 9th, 2004. Wow, this is cool. So I said back then, I happened to be on the set the day the screen tests were shot for Wayne's replacement. I never saw the footage, but I watched each of the four actors do the same scene with Alan, and they were Alan Fudge, Mike Farrell, James Cromwell, and I think Sam Groom. My heart went out to them, all knowing the responsibility of the role. I thought some were better than others, but each man offered a credible performance. So that's what I said back in 2004. And BJ says, I hope this jogs Jeff's memory. I live to serve. (laughs) Again, huge thanks for the heaping helpings of MASH goodness. I know these shows take a ton of work to pull together, and this fam deeply appreciates every last morsel. Cheers. Would that make me the fifth BJ, he says? Hmm. Well, I don't know. Well, so by golly, it, he's right. It was Sam Groom. Good actor. Mm-hmm. He was terrific. And, you know, back then, everybody was really good and everybody had a kind of a different approach to BJ. And uh, they were all terrific. I would not have wanted to make the decision who gets that part because, boy, every guy could have done it. Yeah. Um, it would have been a, taken a little bit different path and there would have been a little bit different chemistry, but they were all terrific actors. So. All right. Thank you, BJ. Thank you, BJ. Madeline writes and says, Hey, watching MASH, The Light That Failed, where they're all reading BJ's new mystery book and trying to deduce who the murderer is. But the real mystery of the episode, who sent BJ the book? I must know. Well, Madeline, I have no idea. <laughs> he never says. He never says. It, it does seem odd. It's weird because uh, there just happens to be in the back of this supply truck a mailbag that has one package in it, and that one package is this book. He doesn't say who it came from. My biggest beef with that episode, with that book in particular, BJ gets to the end of the book and the last page is missing. And that last page is where the murderer is revealed. So you don't know who the actual murderer is. My question is, have you ever in your life read a mystery book where the murderer is revealed on the last page of the book? That is (laughs) Mm. not going to happen. I'm sorry. Not going to happen. That's that's a bigger mystery for me. Is yeah. what what mystery writer puts the reveal on the last page of the actual book? Yeah, Madeline, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I was just handed uh, some information by one of our crack staff here. We have a crack staff. We have a crack staff. <laughs> <laughs> and the person who sent the book, mm-hmm. we found out Sam Groom. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> He didn't get the job, but he sent the book. Uh. <laughs> hey, we got, a little, we got a little something from Kenneth. Kenneth says, hello, Jeff and Ryan. I just want to let you know that I absolutely love your show. I just wanted to share that my father and grandfather got me into the show when I was growing up. And now that I'm married and have children of my own, I get to share it with my daughters. That's sweet. My oldest and I loved the Cream Weenies episode so much. If you love that, you got to watch Shopper's Casino, pal. I'm telling you. Okay. My my oldest and I love the Cream Weenies episode so much that we've tried to cream weenies. Any secrets to share with your personal recipe, Igor? Yes. Get as much cream and as many weenies as you can and just throw them in the pot and shake them around (laughs) and eat it up. 
And good luck. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, the recipe for it really was a recipe, and we actually made it. Uh, probably is not going to be a, a, a meal in any fine dining places anytime soon, but it works. I mean, you can cream weenies and have cream weenie soup. So. In fact, that recipe for creamed weenies is on our website. So you can either go to matchmatters.com and look for the recipes tab, or you can just type in privateigor.com and it'll take you right to the recipes page. <laughs> really? And there you will find uh, Jeff's recipes for creamed weenies and gas pass or chili right there <laughs> on the website. And thank you for writing, uh, Kenneth. And we're, we're very happy you love the show and we love that you love the uh, podcast. We appreciate it. And please, my best to your daughters. From Arthur. Arthur says, would you ever consider doing a live MASH Matters episode? It would be so awesome to be in the audience with fellow MASH fans and have an opportunity to ask questions. Well, okay. So there are a lot of podcasts that do these live episodes where they'll rent a theater and they'll sell tickets and and people can ask questions. And that does sound like fun, Jeff. It does. The biggest challenge is that I live in Illinois and Jeff lives in sunny California. And so it's not like we can just, uh, you know, hop in the car and and run down to uh, a theater and, and do something like this. But, you know, because the 50th anniversary is coming up next year, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe if somebody out there wants to, uh, is is interested in hosting something like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe we can work something out. I don't know. What do you think, Jeff? I, I would certainly be willing to discuss it. It would be great fun to do. Mm-hmm. It really would. I would love mm-hmm. to see people actually live and see <laughs> if we're, we're actually live. I yeah. I mean, there on Tuesdays, I do feel live. Maybe the rest <laughs> of the week, it's a little iffy. Uh, but yeah, no, that would be fun. I would love, we would have a great time. Would we not? Yeah, we I think not? we would. I yes, think we would. We would but there's a lot of work that would go into something like that. You know, it's yes. not just a matter of walking onto a stage and pushing record. You have to make sure that you have everything that you need from, you know, equipment and the actual venue itself. And if you're wanting to sell tickets for something like that, that, you know, is it for a charity event? Is it for, you know, what is it? Yeah. There's so many things that go in. And I, and I suck at all of that. I suck at planning <laughs> stuff like that. I love being on stage. I love doing it, but I don't like being the one who necessarily has to do all that planning because I'm really lousy at that. Yeah. Maybe somebody out there is not lousy at it and yeah. is interested in doing something. We do have a couple of people out there that we know who have volunteered to do things, whether or not they remembered that they said that. <laughs> you, know, just, yeah. you know, but it would be. Anybody out there, hey, we're, we're open for uh, suggestions and ideas. That would be fun. Yeah. Thank you for asking that, Arthur. And we got a great note from Frank here. This is, this is a lot of fun and we appreciate you writing, Frank. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jeff. I'm one of your biggest fans, and although you haven't heard from me until now, allow me to indulge. Hit it, Jeff. (laughs) I picked up the podcast earlier in 2021. Couldn't believe my good fortune when I discovered an authoritative look at one of my all-time favorite shows. Then I wondered, how come I didn't pick it up earlier? I started binge listening, wanting to wait until I was completely caught up before writing you. Well, I'm impatient. So after listening to episode 55, the one where you interview each other, I decided it was time. I turned 50 on, well, happy birthday, on August 8, 2021. That milestone really makes one reflect. Like so many of your listeners, my deep connection to MASH is tied to my parents, Peter and Florine. 
They were huge TV watchers, which meant I was a huge TV watcher. MASH was appointment viewing every Monday night. I vividly remembered being allowed to watch the final episode. That is until about 8.30. (laughs) The last scene I watched before being hastily and defiantly on my part sent off to bed was when Father Mulcahy went to save the South Korean refugees. It wouldn't be until February 1993, my senior year of college, when all Fox affiliates aired Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen for the first time in syndication that I finally saw this epic finale. That was the first of about a dozen times that I've seen it since. With Hulu carrying the entire series now, I began binge-watching MASH from the pilot episode right around the time I discovered your podcast, and I'm currently in the middle of season seven. I am a documentary feature film producer for ESPN, primarily for our anthology series E60. As a storyteller, watching elite work inspires me. It's remarkable how extraordinary the writing, the storylines, the filming, all of it from MASH not only hold up, but resonate so profoundly. I'm drawn to characters and to stories where humanity is at the core. Call it getting older or call it being sentimental, but is the humanity of these stories that hit home with me. The brilliance of weaving in arcs that cross from the serious to the ridiculous never ceases to amaze, much like our podcast. <laughs> I lost my dad at 13. Mom passed 10 years later. I think of them every single day. There was one day when their memory popped up unexpectedly. While watching season three's Big Mac, something Klinger said triggered a flashbulb recollection. You can label it my first memory of MASH. Right before MacArthur is supposed to arrive, Klinger delivers a line about his garb, something like, that's because I have good taste. I burst out laughing, but then suddenly it hit me. The tears of joy turned to tears of real emotion, flashing back to myself as a near four-year-old laughing at the silliness of some hairy guy in women's clothing. I could hear my dad's infectious laugh, my mom's shriek. I was overcome. I hadn't thought about that scene or that line in over 45 years. That's sweet. Great art has a way of taking us to places we never thought possible and sometimes back to places we wish we could revisit. This show provides comfort and security to me. Listening to all the wonderful guests, especially the surviving cast members, makes me feel like I'm a part of this unique family. I cherish every episode. From my heart, Jeff, thank you for sharing a significant part of your life with us. Ryan, thank you for your passion, your dedication, and your unrivaled enthusiasm for all things MASH. Take good care, and here's looking up your old address. Well, by golly. Yeah. What a nice note. Um, Yeah, it, it just shows how much MASH influences and, and impacts people, not only when they were kids watching it with their parents, but so many years later, how it still can be so emotional yep. and have uh, such a deep, deep, deep connection in our lives. And so, Frank, thank you for saying that. It's really stunning, isn't it? I, yeah. I, again, this podcast uh, has really brought that home to me, and I've said this a million times, but it has. And when we get notes like this, it's just a, it's an amazing revelation to me. It really is. And if I may, Frank, you, uh, right there in the middle of your story, you just happened to mention that you are a documentary feature producer for E60 on ESPN. And that's a show that I enjoy watching. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so thank you, Frank, for all the work that you and your team do to make such a great show. Um, Jeff, it turns out that Frank is a four-time Emmy-winning producer and director with E60. How about that? 
Well, uh, you know what I have to say to that, Frank? Ryan and I are perfectly willing to discuss a 10-episode limited series <laughs> on Netflix with you as the producer-director. So you just write again. We'll meet. We'll do lunch. We'll do lunch. You know, this would be a great team, you, me, and Frank, because between the three of us, we've won four Emmy Awards. So I think that uh, <laughs> right. I think it's a dream team right here. What a talented group of people. <laughs> wow. This is big. This is big. All right, moving on. Carmelita sent us a message saying, Dear Jeff and Ryan, I recently discovered your podcast and will enjoy listening to all of your episodes, past and future. Perhaps you've discussed the subject of this message in one of your podcasts, so please forgive me for asking if you have already answered my question. I don't think we have. She asked, What is the best DVD or Blu-ray complete compilation set of MASH and where could you purchase it? She says, Amazon has several different sets available from different vendors, but I can't discern which is the best set and vendor. If possible, I'd like to find a well-produced, high-quality set that includes options to turn off the laugh track and to play episodes continuously uh, without having to return to the menu to select the next episode. Inclusion of the MASH movie would be nice for historical perspective, but not required, as the series is a masterpiece in its own right. Thank you for both keeping MASH alive through your podcast. Well, thank you, Carmelita, for listening and for your question. So I don't know entirely which is better. I did some research. The the thing is, I'm one of the uh, many who bought the seasons as they were released. So, you know, back when when they started releasing these sets, uh, I think it was in the early 2000s, when they started releasing season by season, every six months or so, they they release a season. And that's how I bought it. So I have all of those seasons that I bought over whatever it was, six years or so. And then after they released season by season, then they released the Martinis and Medicine collection, which is where they put all of them together in one collection. So there's several different options, like she said, on Amazon, one of them being the Martinis and Medicine collection. It's a little more expensive. There's a lot of complaints, though, about the packaging and how the packaging of the DVDs actually can damage the discs. There's also a cheaper version called Mash the Complete Collection. But there is no play all option on that. So there's pros and cons to both of those. As far as I know, there is still no Blu-ray version that's been released, at least in the U.S. You can buy it digitally, like on iTunes or something like that. But I've also heard complaints about bad cropping. And then, of course, you also have Hulu. Uh, Some countries have it on Disney+. Plus. problem there is that you do have the laugh track. So there is no perfect collection I would say that if you're wanting to turn off the lap track and you're wanting to have the play all option, the Martinis and Medicine Collection is probably your best bet. It is more expensive when you buy it new, although I have seen versions on eBay for much, much cheaper. So maybe you go that route. I know you can also buy them by the season, but that's not going to be any cheaper. In fact, you may even be spending eventually more money if you buy the individual seasons than you would if you bought them all in one collection. So Carmelita, I'm sorry that there is no one size fits all answer to your question, but those are the options that are out there right now. And until a Blu-ray version is released, which I would love for them to do a Blu-ray with some maybe commentary or something. Until then, uh, you just have to find the one that matches your criteria and go with that one, knowing that there are going to be pros and cons with each one. Wow. I didn't know all that. My goodness. I thought you'd just go down to the store and get those things, and it was good. Good grief. That's a lot of stuff. There's also the adult film version of it, and I would say that if you're going to get that one, hello, um, you definitely want to get the <laughs> Blu-ray version of that one because everything's yeah. in 4K. Yeah, please. 
Yeah. I don't even know if there is. There probably is, but I'm not going to search for that. Well, the producer of Shopper's Casino also produced the adult (laughs) version of Mash, so you can write to him. (laughs) And Jeff's hair looks so good at it, folks. So good. So good. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) with this word from the security department. Oh, golly. Okay. So, hey, we have something from Clint. And Clint says, this is very interesting. Clint says, I have to share this thought. I don't remember the episode number. I have a scene that has affected my whole life. That's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye was upset about a civilian doctor who was raking in lots of money. Colonel Potter told Hawkeye, the world is too big to be in competition with everyone else. Who you have to be better than is who you are today. I have tried to focus my life about that line. MASH matters to me the more I hear your podcast. That was short but sweet, wasn't it? Yeah. Very meaningful. Yeah. And what's interesting, about the same time that Clint sent us this message, we heard from our friend Karen G, who is one of our uh, VIP, who's one of our VIPs on Patreon. And she works at the hospital. And she says, I was recently asked by the hospital I work at to speak about taking advantage of their tuition reimbursement program. I did a video interview. And when they asked me about what advice I would give to others about growing within the hospital, I quoted MASH. Actually, I paraphrased Colonel Potter. So here's a clip of uh, Karen Jeet and her answer in her video. There's a quote from the show MASH that has always stuck with me. <laughs> um, the, basically, the only person that I have to be better than is the person I am right now. And I think that that has always stuck with me because um, instead of comparing yourself to others, you want to make sure that you're focusing on yourself. You're working on making yourself a better worker, a better person. And that's what I've always strived to do. My goodness, isn't that something? Yeah. So isn't that yeah. cool that that particular line from that particular episode and the actual yeah. quote from Potter is, the only guy I have to get better than is the one I am right now. And uh, Karen G says, and since I'm not a guy, <laughs> I paraphrase it, that the only person I have to get better than is to be the person I am right now. And uh, she talks about why that quote's always resonated with her. And it's just awesome to see how one line, how one line from one episode of uh, a show that lasted 11 seasons can have such an impact on Clint, on Karen G, and I'm sure on on many people. And I think like, when you talk about uh, slogans on a t-shirt, there's one right there. That's one we all, I think, should be wearing on our t-shirt. I like it. Maybe going into the new year, maybe that can be our big mash group resolution. The only person I have to get better than is the one I am right now. I tried very, very hard and failed miserably. So I guess <laughs> I, I just accept it and just I'm sticking with who I am because I couldn't get any better. My right. God. I mean, you can't improve upon perfection, right? I mean. You got the star sapphire here, for God's sake. You're not getting any better than that green thing. <laughs> All right. We're going to okay. wrap up here. <laughs> Yes, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, this is a really cool voicemail that came in. This is from Sarah. Hi, Jeff and Ryan. My name is Sarah, and I'm calling you from inside a real big empty known as Quarryville, Pennsylvania. I've been watching MASH for what feels like my whole life, and like many others, the show has served as something my father and I can bond over. However, I have to tell you, throughout the duration of the COVID-19 pandemic, MASH has served as something to ground me. As a healthcare professional who has seen more tragedy over the past year and a half than I have ever in all 28 years of my life, 
Coming home after my shift and knowing that MASH will be on at 7 gives me a sense of normalcy and something to hold on to to get me through my day. I've just recently discovered your podcast, and I'm slowly getting through the episodes on my 45-minute drive to and from the hospital. I just hit your one-year anniversary episode, and I'm so excited to completely catch up. Thank you for the wonderful job the two of you are doing, and thank you for being here for one fan when I needed it the most. Have a great day, guys. Oh, my goodness gracious. So when a medical professional who has gone through hell and back these last two years of this pandemic yeah. is thanking us, yeah, <laughs> there is something wrong here. Sarah. Something wrong in the world. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sarah, I, I was deeply touched by your voice. Now. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. If anybody should be thanking anybody, it should be us thanking you and all of your fellow medical professionals for all that you have been through and all that you've done and continue to do and will continue to do to get us through this ordeal. Thank you. We're just a couple of schlubs with a couple of microphones that, you know, all we want to do is just uh, talk about this, this thing that we both love and to hopefully make you laugh and bring a little joy and maybe give you a little break in your day. That's, that's all we do. So um, if, if we were able to help you in some small way through all of this, we are honored and, uh, and touched. And again, all the thanks goes to you. And if you just want to take a moment to forget everything going on around you, just turn on Shopper's Casino and you will go blank. You will go right into a state of mind you may or may not come out of, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take your mind off of wherever you are. That but thank you, Sarah, very, very much. You are special. All right. All right. Well, that's uh, a wrap on this episode, and that's a wrap on 2021 for us, Jeff. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, doggy. This was a big year for us. This was a big year for the podcast. Loretta came back and paid a visit. We released that uh, exclusive uh, audio of the table read and Shopper's Casino. And so <laughs> I think those right there all were watershed moments for this podcast. And uh, we want to thank you, the listeners, for coming along on this wild ride with us. And uh, we're looking forward to some really cool things in the coming year because this coming year is a big year for MASH and MASH fans. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about 2022 because we're going to have an even more exciting year mm-hmm. than one can possibly imagine on <laughs> MASH Matter. We can't divulge anything right now, but oh boy, hold on to your pants. All right, until next year. Yeah. Here's looking up your old address. <laughs>